Numbers chapter 13 this morning, verse 26 today. The word of the Lord says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It, it truly flows with milk and honey, and, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, they are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Adok there, the Malachites. They, they dwell in the land of, of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people. How many of you know whenever you are standing on the verge of a promise, sometimes you've got to quiet down the people in your life because if you don't, they will talk you out of a promise. He said, hold on now. Caleb was like, I don't know what you were looking at, but I ain't scared today because you can sit there if you want to, but I'm not going to miss this moment that God has before me. So then Caleb quieted the people and before Moses and said, let us go up once and take possession for we are all well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. Hmm. There were conflicting reports. Some were bad reports. Caleb was giving an optimistic report. They all had different perspectives about this moment that was before them. A moment was before them. A moment is so small that you can miss it. Yet so big, it can change everything about you. I want to say that again. A moment is so small that if you don't watch it, you'll miss it. Yet it's so big enough, it will change your life forever. Before we pray this morning, I want you to say out loud, I'm not going to miss this moment. Say, I'm not going to miss this moment. I'm not going to miss this moment. Say it. I'm not going to miss this moment. I want you to say it loud enough to let your devil hear it. I want you to say loud enough to let your anxiety hear it. I want you to say it loud enough this morning to let your depression hear it. Oh, Lord, I don't know what the devil has, but I'm not going to miss my God moment. Tell, come on, tell somebody, come on, elbow somebody, say, I'm not going to miss my moment. And guess what? God has a moment and it's got my name on it today. There's a God moment and it's got my name on it and today I'm gonna grab hold of the moment let us pray Heavenly Father we thank you today I give you all honor and I give you all glory for the moments that are before us Lord right now let us open our eyes to see everything that you have for us 
Let us open up our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. Let us open up our eyes and our ears to receive everything that you have for us today. We give you the honor and we give you the glory in your name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I just got a notification that somebody is hacking in my email. That's what's wrong with my phone. And if you're watching, I'm going to find out who you are. Because the Lord's going to reveal it to me by the end of this word. So you better get off my email. Mm. A month or so ago, I was going in just for a regular routine eye exam. Oh, before I get started, I want to acknowledge that we have loft seating now up in the loft. We have some painting to do. We, we saw, we saw, they're waving, they're waving. Um, we, we, we still have some painting to do, and then either this week or next they're coming, and they're going to tear down that wall so people, even more people can see through. It'll be glass up there so they can see through everything. So we can get a few more seats up there than what we have now. Uh, so that is, that, is, that is going on. If you know anything about construction, you know what I've been through this week. Lord, help me. Whew. A month or so ago, I was going on a regular routine eye exam. And while I was there, the doctor, she was doing the whole eye thing. And she was letting me know that I believe it was my right eye was pretty much the exact same as it was before. And that was, that was, that's a good thing. But she said, your left eye is just slightly ever, it's just, I mean, she's like, it, she's like, I don't even know if you'll be able to tell it. Um, it, it is just slightly uh, different from your prior exam. So I filled the prescription and I got new contacts. And as soon as I put new contacts in, I was amazed at how bold, at how bright, at how clear everything was with just a slight adjustment to my vision. Jesus has so much to talk about in the New Testament about sight and vision. We see in the scripture Jesus coming into the scene, coming into towns, and he finds the blind guy, and he's restoring vision. He gave sight to the blind. Last week, I even spoke a little bit about it. We were talking about Bethesda. One of the groups of people listed around the pool were the blind people. And so often, whenever we are reading scripture, we, we have to understand that there's revelation behind it that it's not just the natural word but there's also spiritual there is also spiritual words behind it and spiritual meaning and not only does he heal the, the the blind eyes natural but God can give us vision a supernatural vision from heaven that we can see in the spirit whenever you are blind in the spirit it is a lot of times it represents those people that have no spiritual vision. You you don't know where you're going. You don't know what God has for you. You have no idea how 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 to get there. Uh, you. 
you, you, it's, it's, it's so tough getting through today because you have no idea what God even wants to do with you tomorrow. Sometimes whenever we're talking about blind people in the Word, sometimes that means people who are closed-minded. You are, you are stuck in the darkness just because you've never seen God do it. You feel that God can't do it. Uh, you, if, just because God's never done it here, God can never do it there. You're somewhat stuck in this darkness and your eyes cannot see the light because the lack of vision. In Matthew 6, 22, just jot it down. It says that the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In other words, if you don't see see things clearly, if you don't see things in the correct methods and ways, you may think you are living in the light, but you may just be living in the dark. If you are not seeing things through the Spirit, but you are looking at things through your feelings, instead of the Spirit, often your eyes will play tricks on you. How many of you have ever looked at a situation through your emotions? You let your emotion rob you of, of a moment, but so often whenever we are there, if we're not have a, if we don't have a clear vision, if we're not seeing things in the spirit so often, we will look at a good thing and it may appear bad, or we may look at a bad thing and it will appear good, but we are really living in this dark area. A sad thing about living in darkness is that sometimes you miss out on the opportunities that God has for you simply because you cannot see them for yourself. You miss out because you cannot see them for yourself. Whenever we are in the darkness... It is somewhat amazing to me that we can see the opportunity, uh, we can see the opportunity for everyone else, but we cannot see the opportunity that is in front of our face. Sometimes whenever you are living in the darkness, you can look at your neighbor and you can say, wow, that they had great opportunity. I can't believe God keeps opening that door for them. But whenever you can't see it for yourself and you are in darkness, you can't even see the door that God has opened right in front of your face because sometimes times that saying is somewhat true in the natural. What you see is what you get because while I can see my neighbor's opportunities, there's no way that could happen for me. There's no way that could be for me. And this all occurs when our vision is just slightly off. Joshua and Caleb knew the truth in the word that I was reading today. I know you know the story, but let me take a moment just to rewind some because God had raised up Moses to lead his people out of slavery. God gave Moses a promise that God would bring his people to a place called the promised land. The promised land represented their future. The promised land represented the promise in his word. It represented an inheritance that God wanted for them to have one day. You need to understand that there is an inheritance that God wants you to possess. God has an inheritance with your name on it. You may be broke as a joke this morning. You may be toe up from the flow up. You may be messed up from the chin up. But no matter where you are in life, guess what? 
God still has an inheritance with your name on it. There is something that God wants you to possess. There is something that God wants for your house. There is something that God wants for your legacy. I don't care what it looks like now, but today you've got to grab hold of that. You need to see that today. You need to remind yourself that I am a child of God, that I, that I was in slavery, but I'm no longer there. Why? Because I've been set free. We've been talking about freedom this morning. I've been made free, and because of that, I have an inheritance, and the promised land is waiting for me. This morning, I'm talking about the other side of this thing, the other side of this thing. God, God instructs Moses, I want you to choose 12 representatives, one from each tribe of Israel, and I want you to send them on this little field trip. They're going to go out, and they're going to have some fun, and I'm going to use them, and I want you to send them out as spies, uh, and I want you to send them out so that they can learn some things. He said, you cannot send everyone you can only send 12 because if you send them all, how many of you know there will always be that one person that ruins it for everybody else? How many of you know that person? Some of you are about to see that person called Thanksgiving dinner. You're going to sit across, that per- you're going to sit across the table and look at that person thinking you could have never been a spy because you would have ruined it for everyone. If you send them, there's always that one person. You know They can't even hold water. They would ruin it for everyone. And Moses picks the 12, and he sends them to the new land, and he tells them, when you get there, I want you to learn as much as you can. I want you to listen to what the people of the land are saying. I want you to look at the soil. I want you to look at the fruit. I want you to see what the land is like. I want you to use your vision and I want you to capture some images and come back and tell us. I want you to enter into the city and not only do I want you to see it, but I want you to bring back some samples. Samples of what this place has to offer for us today. I want, I, I want, I want to see what God has for us on the other side side of this thing so they brought back samples of the other side you may ask what what is what is this other side what what, why are you calling it the other the other side of what they brought back samples of the other side of their journey. They brought back samples of the other side of their pain. They brought back samples of the other side of their loss, of the other side of the turmoil. They brought back samples of what it's going to look like for the churches that did not lose vision in the middle of a pandemic. They brought back samples of those that people that just kept pushing whenever everybody else was saying, don't go anywhere. They brought back samples of what faith can do for them. This allowed them to know what victory is waiting for them. They, this allowed them to grab hold of this should encourage somebody today that there is another there is an other side to where you are this morning the devil has lied to you and said this is it like he did Hezekiah but no 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 I want to tell you there is an other side of this there is an other side to sickness there is an other side to your divorce there is another side to your cancer report there is another side to your abuse I don't know about you but it's got your name on it this morning and I just want to thank the Lord today that I'm not stuck right here, but there's an other side 
with the Lord. This is just another reason, help me this morning. This is just another reason why you should always go to a church that has a little fire in it. If you don't go to a church that has a little fire in it, you need to find you a church that has some fire on the altar because you need to go to a place where you can get a little sample of what the other side is just going to be like. You need to go to a place where you can get get just a little glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. You need to go to a church whenever you step in. You can get a little taste and see what the other side of this is going to be like. What is waiting on the other side of this? We used to sing the old song. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. What a foretaste. I can, I can, I'm not there yet, but it's like I can, I can already taste it. This is my story. Not right where I am right now. This is my circumstance. But my story says that God is for me. My story says that the gates of hell will not prevail against me. My story says that God is going to keep me. He's going to guide me. He's opening up a door for me. And that there's something waiting me on the other side. Let me tell you something today. When people look at you, when people leave your presence, when people are around you, they should catch a glimpse of the other side. Mm. Yeah. They should see fruit hanging off your life. They should just get a little sample of what it's going to be like. They should hear sounds that replicate the other side. When people look at you, what side do they think you're headed to? Moses sent them out to the other side to get their perception of what it was going to be like. It was, it, was, it was like a test of their perception. Perception is important. Perception is, is, it is, it is personal. We can be looking at the same thing, but see two different things. I don't know about you, but I'm still confused. Was the dress blue or was it gold? I still... It's all about perception. Perception is important. Perception is personal. We can be looking at the same thing but see two different things. Uh, it, it, it's so crazy. I can send someone outside and someone would say, well, it's partly cloudy. Then I send someone else and they say, well, it's partly sunny. It's all about perception. We must never underestimate the power of perception on our spiritual journey, especially if you are wanting and expecting God to use you in this life, you have to have eyes of faith. You cannot have eyes of fear and expect to be used by God, but you must have eyes of faith. If you are planning on God doing something through you, you have to have the ability to look at stuff differently than people of this world. If you are expecting to enlarge the kingdom, you have to be able to look at difficulty in a different perspective than people of this world. You've got to be able to look at a little and when others see less you see more. Why? Because little is much when my God is up in it. You have to be able to see opportunity in the middle of opposition. You have to be able to see when everybody else is saying not enough. You have to be able to declare my God is more than enough. Sometimes you have to be able to look 
look at a situation that says there's no way that can happen and you have to see and say oh you got to understand my God is a way maker he is Yahweh and whenever he gets in the way he will make a way he's a way maker the spies were sent out into the land to witness the good and the bad the good the bad and the ugly they were there they witnessed the good but they also saw something that was troubling to them they witnessed the grapes but they were still troubled they 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 saw the milk and honey yet they were still troubled they saw a picture of real life there will be bitter and sweet in life amen you're going to experience the good the bad and some ugly you will see some happy times and some sad times but here is the key if you can give God the praise at all times he will bless your life amen sometimes you cannot wait until everything is rosy before you start to praise him sometimes you cannot wait until all the bills have been paid before you let out a shout of praise. Why? Because the word says that you are an overcomer through Christ Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. He says, I have already overcome the world. We are in the time of life called the last days. You are living in the last days. Congratulations. We are in the last days because number one, God is pouring out his spirit. And number two, we are in the last days because people of this world are in a daze. D-A-Z-E. They are in their last days. And they're just floating around. They're immune to everything. They have no more emotion. And they're just float. They are in a daze. We are in the time of life when the other side is starting to moan. The other side is starting to moan for sons and daughters. The earth is starting to shake for its sons and daughters to return to the cross. There is an awakening going on. The other side is starting to moan. It, it's, its gates are ready to swing open. It is ready for the greatest wedding ever recorded in the planet earth it is waiting for those that did not get caught off guard by their perception but saw things in the spirit it is ready for overcomers those that declared we've come this far by faith if we've come this far by faith why would I want to give up now? We are too close to the other side just to give in or give up. If we've come this far by faith, I refuse to allow the enemy to stop me from getting to the other side. They've made up their minds. They've got their bags packed. Why? Because they know there is a harvest that is waiting for them. Heaven is waiting for the church. Listen. The only way you're going to get to that harvest is if you do not faint. I almost fainted this week. I ain't going to lie to you. You've been sowing for years. You've been plowing the ground for years. You've been serving and giving. But if you want to disqualify every seed that you've sown, just faint. Just faint. 
Sometimes you just need to look at yourself whenever you get up in the morning. Look at yourself in the mirror and just let everybody around you and yourself know, I'm too close to quit. Self, you are not going to disqualify everything you've ever done. You are too close not to keep going. I'm almost on the other side of this thing. I'm not going to faint. But let me tell you what you are going to do, self. You are not going to faint, but you are going to fight. I'd rather fight than faint in the last days. Why? For the weapons of warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Some of you know how to fight all day long. I've seen you on Facebook. I'm not talking about that type of fight. But in this hour, if you don't pull it down, it will pull you down. You will never get your grapes. You will never get your milk and honey. You will never get the fullness of your inheritance if you think that one day the enemy is just going to give up. If you think that one day the giant is just going to pull up a chair and lay down and play dead and let you take him over, you've got to learn how to fight. And I'm not talking about an earthly fight. I've seen some of you on Facebook, like I just said, you know how to fight in this world. You know how to throw mud. You know how to sling fists. But now, guess what? You need to get off Facebook and you need to start praying. You need to put down your phone and pick up the word of God. You need to get here on a Saturday morning and start praying with the people. You need to to start talking about God more than you talk about your neighbor. Mm, You need to know more about God than you know about your neighbor. You need to get off your soapbox and stand on the word of the Lord. You need to get off your Trump train, get off your Biden train, get off your derriere thing, and get on the Holy Ghost train and do your thing with the Lord. Why? Because I'm not taking sides of this world. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I've just been saved by grace. I'm not getting in the middle of all of these trials. I don't, I'm not putting my two cents out there. No, I'm just taking the side of the kingdom. You've come too far to faint now. You've got to have eyes of faith and not eyes of fear. I'm not going to be more obsessed with the trials that are happening right now in America, the politics, the media, and the pandemic. I'm not going to obsess over these things more than I obsess over things of the kingdom. Somebody got mad because we post numbers of people being saved, and they're like, I don't know why you do that. And that was my face. Why did we start doing that? Because I was sick and tired of seeing the church post numbers of how many people were dying every day, how many people were in the hospital. If you can post your numbers, I can post testimonies about how many people have been saved and bought by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. We've come too far. We've come too far. I'm not going to obsess over those things. You can email me, text me. I'm not going to obsess over those things. If it don't have to do with the kingdom, it's just a swipe away. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. If God didn't give us fear, why do you keep accepting it? 
Why do you keep seeing through fear? God didn't give you that, so why do you keep grabbing hold of it? We grab hold of fear more than we grab hold of his promises. His promises are before us, but every time fear comes by, we're like, there it is. And we just started grabbing it. He didn't give you fear, but he gave you power, love, and a sound. What is a sound mind? A sound mind will save your life. A sound mind is your sanity. You want to know what's wrong with the world? They have lost their sound mind. They've lost their sanity. They've lost their sound mind. A sound mind keeps you focused in the middle of adversity. It tells you God is going before you. Your sound mind will whisper to you and say you are the head and you are not the tail. It says you will be blessed in the city and you will be blessed in the... You may not look like it right now, but your sound mind will whisper to you and say you're not going to quit today. It tells you you're not going to have a nervous breakdown today. It tells you you're not going to have... Have an anxiety attack today and you start to get a sound mind when you can say I didn't create this path I didn't I didn't create this calling but this is God working in me and guess what if he began a work in you he will complete it if he was your alpha he will be your omega if he was in the beginning of it, he will see you through it. See, this is where a lot of people start messing up. This is where a lot of people start fainting because they don't have a sound mind. You see a mountain and you start preparing for your funeral. You see a giant and you lay down and play dead. The enemy says boo and you ran away. I had a week. I can't even tell you what happened. Every time I turned around. Something went wrong. Construction? I can't say anything else about it. <laughs> Everything that could go wrong, it felt like it did go wrong. I mean, I was, I, I was up in Chattanooga on Tuesday. I had to get out of a meeting to deal with construction here in Rome. I, everywhere I went, my phone was ringing. Somebody needed something I couldn't do. Every time I sat down to get ready for today, somebody needed me. I had to get up. I had to go somewhere. Uh, uh, I, got, I, got, I got days behind just dealing with issues. I got behind dealing with a Jezebel spirit. And all of a sudden, I was in my office on Thursday. And something spoke in. I mean, I don't know where it came from. I was looking around like, where in the world did that thing come from something hit my spirit and he said prepare for fire prepare for fire and I was like what there's no way fire can happen this week I just heard prepare for fire in my spirit I thought God there is no way anything could happen on fire this week and I started looking around at all the chaos of this week and all of a sudden I started looking through the spirit instead of looking through my natural eyes and all of a sudden I started walking around in this room and I started smelling smoke from heaven. I started seeing embers just all over this place. Something leaped up inside of me and I heard the Lord say, I put my Holy Spirit in you to empower you. Faint not. Saints don't faint. Saints don't faint. They pray, they have hard days, but guess what? They don't 
faint. How do I know that the Holy Spirit is in me? Because I'm able to do things I couldn't do five years ago. Things that would have broke me five months ago are not going to break me today. The weight that I could carry today is not going to break me like it would five years ago. How do I know that the Holy Ghost is within me? Because I'm still standing. Faint not. When you start to lose your mind, you need to loose your tongue. I'm not talking about the tongue of this world. Because some of you start to lose your mind and you loose the wrong tongue. I've been around you. I've watched your TikToks. I've seen all of these things on your page. Whenever you start to lose your mind, you lose your natural tongue. No, you need to lose your spiritual tongue. When you cannot understand what is happening around you and you feel like your mind is about to slip you, that's when you need to start praying in the Holy Ghost. That's when you need to let your tongue go and start praying in the Spirit. You may not need the Holy Spirit to get in the other side, but you're going to need it to get to the gate. Let me tell you something. Because if you don't have power pushing you, you're going to faint on this side. You need a supernatural power to get you to the other side of this thing. And guess what? I'm not going to crawl. I'm not going to wind my way to the other side. I'm not going to hobble. I'm not going to wobble. I'm, no, no, no. I'm going to march my way in victory with my head up, knowing that the Lord is for me. I'm coming running to the other side. I'm marching in victory. I am marching. Give no one access to your sound mind. Give no thing access to your sound mind. Because it will make you walk away from a promise of the Lord. But pastor... I just don't know if I can make it to the other side of this thing. I've been in it so long. It is so hard. I'm tired from life. I'm tired from the doctor's appointments. I'm exhausted. I'm tired from marriage. My kids are driving me crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can make it to the other side of this thing. Listen, the ticket to the other side of this thing could simply be a slight adjustment to your vision. Man, help me out. By the time the 12 got back to Moses, listen, most of them had already forgotten about the fruit. Mm. These were grapes, y'all. Huge grapes. I mean grapes, huge, huge grapes. Huge grapes. Milk and honey just flowing. And by the time the 12 had actually got back to Moses, a lot of them had already forgotten about all the stuff they had seen. And all they could think about were, there's giants over there. All they could think about is, there's no way we can make it over there. All they could think about is, wow, that is a place of giant setbacks over there. All I could think about are the giant hurdles, giant resistance, giant anxiety. All And all while we forget about the promises that he has given us, all, we, all while we forget that all his words are yes and amen. We think these things all while we forget about our destiny. Does this sound like you? Let me tell you something. Today's church has too many spies. 
I could preach a series on that. There are too many spies in the church today. I spy this and I spy that. I spy this and I spy that. Well, a real worship pastor shouldn't do that. Well, a real pastor would have done this. I spy this and I spy that. You can see everybody's opportunities, but you can't even see your own. You know everybody else's faults, but you know no faults of your own. You know everybody else's destiny, but you don't know your own. I spy this and I spy that. You can interpret dreams, but you can't even dream for yourself. You know everybody else's faults, but you think you have none. I spy this and I spy that. There are too many spies in the church. You walk around town and in the church carrying your big grapes, you've got a jug of milk and honey. The problem is they're just samples that you, that you don't even possess yet. Mm. You've got samples. You've got goosebumps. But you don't possess it yet. But I declare today, the word over this church today, you are not a fainter, you are a fighter. You are going to push your way through this thing. You are not going to die in this season. Come on, stand up with me. You are not going to die in this season. No, you are going to live and declare the works of the Lord. Having done all you can do to stand, stand up anyway and do not faint. I can see the other side. I can smell the other side. I can see the fire. I can smell the smoke and I can hear the voice of the Lord calling the church the season is over calling the church guess what in 2020 fear crept into the church through the form of a pandemic there are still some churches in our city that have still not got back to services yet we've just got accustomed to it we're in a day 2020 fear crept into the church. Some churches closed. Some will never make it. But let me tell you something that I saw and witnessed. There was also a number of growing churches. The churches that came out of this on the other side are the churches that said, I will not faint. I will fight my way through this. The devil is a liar. The case of hell shall not prevail against me. It's the pastors that got up in the morning and thought, I don't want to be a televangelist any longer. I'm sick and tired of preaching in a room or a camera. I want the saints to come home. And they pushed and they pushed and they pushed and they pushed. And all of a sudden, God starts saying, that's my son. That's my daughter. And he started turning it to the other side. He started working it, making a way where there seemed to be no way. And I want to tell you right now, you may be operating in fear. But today is your last day. God is going to adjust your perception. He's going to give you a new sight that whenever you look at those things, you don't see opposition. You see opportunity. Whenever a challenge comes before you, you don't see the challenge. You see the victory that's coming. And now if you can do it in this hour, the heavens are calling. The heavens are waking up. 
the heavens are pouring out a spirit again. It's, a, it's, a, it's another awakening. And I don't know about you, but I would love for an awakening to happen right here in Rome, Georgia. Because a bunch of people at Legacy Church said, I'm not going to fade. I'm going to fight. I'm going to push. I'm going to see it through.